I don't know why people always look at what's different about you, not what's similar. Hi, welcome to Norwegian Newcomers, the podcast where we hear fragments from the lives of Norway's immigrant population. My name is Vedran Atanovic, and in today's episode, we'll hear about moving often. There's not a lot of people that move so much, but like, I, you know, I would be three months here, one month there, a year there, really frequently, my whole childhood. Living in three different countries. So I, I really don't have, like, roots, you know, where I'm like, oh, this is where I feel at home. As well as what it feels like to be an outsider in each of those countries. You know, it's it's like when I'm in the States, they're, oh, that's the Norwegian guy. Or when I'm in Norway, oh, that's the American guy. This is Mika's story. Mika, how are you? Hi, thank you. I'm good. I'm doing well. Thank you. Before we start talking about your life in Norway, uh, please, can you introduce yourself for our listeners? Sure. Um, I'm a dual citizen. I'm born in Norway, but I have uh, an American mother, Norwegian father. Moved around a lot. My childhood is in Italy for about 10 years. And then I've lived in the States for uh, 20 years, maybe, or uh, something like that. Norway, 20, about roughly. I'm 47 now. So it's been, it's been a lot of back and forth. And uh, my background is in sales, is in a lot of music uh, industry that I've worked in. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I came back to Norway for the last time in 2008, nine, and I've been here since then. So the, the country that you are born is? Is Norway. I'm born about a half hour from Oslo, out in uh, the station before Oskir. It's called Hön, and there used to be a, like a birthing home there, which, which is where I was born. Okay, and then how many uh, years you spend in Norway? Almost none. Um we moved real quick. I mean, I was out when I was two, and then I left, I think, when I was four, like, done. But I've been back and forth, like, more than you can imagine, right? You know, driving up and down from Italy in a truck, like, you know, it takes three days, but bang, bang, we, you know, up and down. So we'd do that, and I would fly back and forth a lot, too, to visit family. When you're a child, you, you adapt really quickly. So it's, um, I mean, it was challenging. You know, Italy, 70s, it was pretty traditional. The other kids didn't really like new kids coming into the village. Other than small places, not like a city. I moved to a village in Tuscany with 150 people. It was a very small community, really traditional, really like very different. No TVs, no telephones, no washing machines, no cars, like nothing. So things were very different coming from a place like Oslo, which was very different then than it is now, but still, it was a big city compared to Italy, uh, or to Tuscany, at least. The closest big city was Carrara, which is where the marble is. That's why we moved there, was for the marble. You know, you run around, you, you play a little soccer. I hate soccer, but you know, everybody in Italy's got to play soccer. I learned Italian, and uh, good food, good people, good community. I liked it there, you know, everything except for the challenges. There was a lot of racism and a lot of like skepticism towards outsiders. And um, it's a big part of the culture over there still, I think. But aside from that, man, I met great people, made great friends, had great experiences. You know, I grew up there around art, around uh, painters, sculptors, musicians, writers, uh, you know, intellectuals. My parents were artists or my, my mother and her new man then at the time after leaving my father was uh, became a sculptor. And through that process of becoming a sculptor, 
moving from wood to stone to Norway's granite, which is really hard, and, and then uh, eventually moving to marble, which is soft to work with. And then we moved to Italy for the marble. So obviously we moved to Carrara, which is where the marble is where Michelangelo took his blocks. Black David came out of that mountain, and that's the place. You know, Now it's empty. There's no more marble. But that's why we went there. So that's kind of the environment that I grew up in there. With artists from all over the world, like Russians, Americans, Germans, you know, from all over, Polish. Through the art, you kind of, you get used and from the early years, how it is being around multicultural environment. Yeah, extremely so, because I moved so much back and forth between these three countries that are, that are all very different. I mean, Norway, Italy, and the United States extremely different cultures all of them and then living in an environment where like the adults around me at least you know not the children but the adults around me were very very international they had all come there because it you know because that place tuscany has been an artist center for decades and decades not only sculpture but a lot so a lot of artists have moved there you know and lived there and worked there and so that was the environment all these different backgrounds and all these different perspectives on these discussions they would have about literature and philosophy and you know politics there's not a lot of people that move so much but like I, you know i would be three months here i one month there a year there you know it was really frequently my whole childhood and and you know a lot of my teenage years so I, I really don't have, like, roots. I'm always an outsider. No matter where I am, I'm an outsider. You know, it's it's like when I'm in the States, they're, oh, that's the Norwegian guy. Or when I'm in Norway, oh, that's the American guy. Or when I'm in Italy, you know, it's the same. I don't know why, but people always look at what's different about you, not what's similar, right? I guess I've, th- I've thought about it in, in terms of just, like, just a, a philosophical question, you know what it means to belong or to not be accepted you know what i mean and and obviously being white is a huge advantage right even even being white coming to italy as a kid every day the boys would beat me up after school and throw me in the trash can because i'm the foreigner right even being white now if i was black the situation would have been much tougher yeah yeah definitely yeah i mean when i was a kid I definitely was Italian. Like there, you know, there, you could not tell that I wasn't Italian, short of the fact that it, you know, I had like blonde hair. Now I have almost black hair; it's gone. But you know, so I didn't look look very very Italian, but I definitely was Italian. I mean, when you're four, five, six, you're just shaped. You know what I mean? Like you're you're shaped by your home, your parents, and your environment, and whatever you brought with you. But like, of course, you kind of naturally fall into the environment you're in and you learn what they do. So I was very, and I still am very Italian, like, because those childhood years are very formative. You know, when I talk, I get passionate. I get intense about it. I, I use my body. I'm very, you know, so like here in, in Norway, you know, I'm always too much. You know, my wife's coming over and telling me I'm making people uncomfortable. And, and I'm kind of like, get out of my house then, you know, if you don't want to hang out and be with the people you're here with. But it, that bothers me. Not from the sense of like, I like loudness, but in the sense of like, I think it's important for people to be who they are and to be able to be together as different people who they are. Without this, we have to be so careful with everybody's freaking feelings at any given moment that we just have to become like, ah, you know, you kill humanity that way because 
nothing develops, right? There's nothing is challenged. No ideas are really exchanged. We're just all, we're just, re- oh, this is so nice, isn't it? Yes. Okay. Well, there it is, right? What's interesting about that? What's going to come out of that? Nothing, right? You'll just eat cake and drink your coffee and go home and it, you know, and that's boring, right? And then you die, right? So, I mean, what's the point? You know, there, there are challenges as far as, as the ways in which we behave, ways in which we think and approach things moral things philosophical things i mean just i mean culture is is um i'm not religious but culture religion history you know these things depending on your perspective on a situation that has a lot to do with where you come from and the culture you grew up in i mean we ended up where we ended up in uh in italy because it was in carrara but it was the cheapest place to live right we i mean we we didn't have any money i mean globally speaking yeah we're in the you know upper <laughs> but but like as far as being white in europe we were freaking poor like legitimately poor so from italy moving to the u.s we moved to northern virginia because my stepfather at the time had family there who could kind of help get us started a little bit you know about 10 minutes out of dc rest in virginia which is such a contrast like culturally it's such a culture shock it's so much the complete opposite and antithesis of everything that was going on in Tuscany. How that influenced your life? What kind of life you started living there? I didn't really, well, I didn't fit in, but I, I never really, I was used to not fitting in because I was always the new kid, right? Like we move so much. By the time you make some friends, you're gone. But I didn't really fit in because, you know, U.S. culture is very like, What can I say? Religion is a big deal, which it was in Italy too, but in a completely different way. Sports is a huge thing. And I suck at sports. Well, as far as like team sports, things with balls and throw, you know, these kind of things, not good. I'm good at like skiing, biking, but like, so all the baseball and the football and all that stuff, like I sucked at it. I was terrible. <laughs> I was a little better at football because I have, you know, a little weight and I can push people around, but like, I was terrible. And like, so that's where you really make friends in the States, right? It's through sports as a boy. And I tried that. I, I tried the Boy Scouts. I got kicked out of Boy Scouts. Who gets kicked out of Boy Scouts? Because of the religion, I got kicked out of Boy Scouts. Because I'm not religious. The Boy Scouts is a religious organization. So there's a bunch of God in there. And I have questions, which was a problem in Italy too, which is super Catholic. Like I said, it was an intellectual home. I was read to from like Hindu texts, the Bible, the Quran. So like I had questions, right? You know, when they talk about things, I'm like, hmm, well, what about that? Or, you know, or like, and in Italy, the solution was just to beat the kids with the stick, like with these on the hands, you know, this thing. This is a long time ago, but they, they would, they might even still do it. I don't know off the mountains there, but. It was Catholic school nuns, like, they, you know, dressed in black. It was deadly freaking serious, everything, you know, like. And so coming to, to the U.S., I still had the same question because nobody answers your questions, right? So they're still there. So I asked the questions when these things come up and they just didn't want to deal with it. So they literally said, and I'm not saying that that's a standard response from the Boy Scout organization or anything, but like at least whoever the troop leader was there just told me to leave and I had to walk out. I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to Norwegian Newcomers and remind you that if you want to further support our podcast, we have a Patreon. There you will get every episode one week before everyone else. 
and we will be able to continue with this project that we really love. You can find us at patreon.com slash Norwegian newcomers, or you can press the link in the episode description. Thank you very much. It really would mean a lot. How you felt uh, in that time? How that for a little boy? It was a cultural shock in so many ways. Even bringing my dog, right? Who was my best friend in Italy. Like that's who I pretty much hung out with most of the time was my dog. I would just take off and go out into the mountains and we would have adventures and stuff, you know, and, and there I never owned a leash in my life, right? There's no poop bags and leashes and there's none of that, right? My dog was a literal street dog. Like they let me keep one of the dogs from the, they roam around the mountains and in nights they form packs and they howl and it's not cool. Like, you know, packs of dogs can get a little dangerous. So like they used to kill the puppies because there's too many and there, there, there's no money to neuter any, you know what I mean? It's like seventies and nearly up in the mountains. So I got to keep, my dog was Teddy. And like, so because Carlin and Lady was like, special dog so i could pick one who survived that was my dog and i brought him to, to the u.s and there you know we lived in an apartment in like a real crappy neighborhood reston is pretty pretty wealthy area but we we didn't you know we were in the cockroach neighborhood neighborhoods you know like and there you know teddy was miserable he hated it there you have to have leashes everywhere you have you know he'd be inside. he's not used to be inside never been inside you know so just so many things were so different everything's car in the States, you know, you drive everywhere, every, the food's different, everything, everything's different. Everybody's got TVs and video games. And I don't have a TV till I was 13. I've never owned a video game. I was in the mountains, like taking acorns and sticking twigs in them and making lions and stuff. And like, you know, I, that's what I was doing. I was fantasizing. I'd pick the stick and I was a, you know, a knight fighting dragons or, you know, like I was doing that kind of stuff. I come over there. It's either sports or video games. It's very different. It's a very different culture. And also, like, Italy is traditional. The U.S. is like guns blazing, go get money. It's very money-focused. And then Norway, you're not supposed to make any noise, right? You're not supposed to, Preferably, you should, you should never get noticed by anybody in any time in your whole life. That would be fantastic. I am exaggerating, but it's like, it's not, it's not being modest. It's a requirement. Like it's a requirement for politeness almost like it's, it's like a, it's a similar thing to politeness. It's etiquette. It's etiquette. Like you can do it, but you can't say that you did it. Right. You can't feel good about the fact that you did it. Like you can't be proud of it. You, you gotta be like, Oh, it's just another day. Just going to work. Like, Oh, it's no big. Oh, oh no. Really? You think it's nice. Ah, oh, well, ah, I guess it's okay. You know, it's like that kind of, and I'm like, why? Right. Which is insane, right? And also the U.S. side of it, which is the complete opposite, which is like, oh, I've achieved nothing, but I'm the best in the world. I'm king of the world. That's the U.S. Like, oh, my God. I'm working with music in the U.S. And, you know, like we ran two studios in, in Atlanta, Georgia for three years and like had tons of artists in there. And, did, you know, like and everybody there is the greatest thing since sliced bread. Right. I worked in hip hop, which is the most extreme of that. Like everybody is just I'm the, I am the absolute genius of all. I am the best rapper on the planet Earth. All of them. Everyone. Like, you know, which was like, hmm, okay, that's it's good to be confident. But, you know, and they weren't all the best in the world. You know, they weren't. They weren't. Some of them were great. Some of them were awful. And some of them were okay. And, some, you know, like, but it's it's a cultural thing. And not just with hip hop. But I mean, it, it, it doesn't come from hip hop at all. It's got nothing to do with that. It's got to do with American culture. I mean, you can look at historically and you can go in depth in in different groups or demographics or the history is different for, you know, America is a unique place. 
300 million people from all over the planet with all their cultures and all their history and all that mashed together. I connected that a bit with, and I would like to hear your opinion, that I would say that Norway today, or at least those years that I'm spending, I spent here six years, it's quite influenced by America. Being an American and and spending probably the bulk of my life here, I I think by now with this last period, like this is the place where I've lived the most time. And like I've been here, you know, I was born here in 1974. In 1974, the U.S. was the greatest place on earth, right? It was. We had won the war, kind of, (laughs) you know, we really came in and took the glory of it. But after the Second World War, the U.S. was fantastic and everybody loves the U.S. And then the oil came here and the U.S. came in with all their expertise and helped to make Norway rich, right? So, like, I lived here from the time when it was the coolest thing to be American. Everybody loved you to, like, to a point where, like, I didn't really bring up the fact that I was American anymore because, (laughs) I mean... um, I guess after everything that's happened politically, you know, especially especially after 9-11 and all that, you know, it's just gotten so weird. And so many ugly things have been have been done. And it's not like those things weren't being done before, but it's getting harder to hide things, right? So more people know about more things. And and so, you know, if you were in a social environment and you were American, you'd be challenged. Which is okay for me. Like I'm I'm not uh, opposed to challenge, like I can handle the challenge, but like it was it was different. It used to be fantastic to be American, and then it became something that was like not so great anymore to be American, right? You were you were a materialist, you were a capitalist, you were a part of corruption, you were a part of like ignorance, you were a part of violence, you were a part of like all the bushes and the you know, like all these things that, that is never gonna be the same. The the US changed from being like optimistic and like driven and like to being very fearful and very like skeptical and very separate and very you know i go back there now and it's very it's very different place like the main thing i've noticed about being american in norway is is the 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 change from it being a positive to a negative i look at like the cult i can see very clearly like the things that we aspire to here from American culture and it's none of the good it's all of the bad unfortunately you know you have much more corporate money you have an elevation of political donations which which has never been seen before in Norway you didn't have that before like that type of money rolling around for election time Mm, it wasn't like that now it is you know now it's much more a U.S. way of doing things Um, you know you, you have a lot of privatization going on you have a lot of a lot more outsourcing going on. You have a lot, you know, we're exporting all our energies. We're doing, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on. The problem is that we don't we, we don't learn from any of the lessons, right? Like we look at the US and we're like, oh, we want that, we want that, we want that. But we don't look at what the consequences were of getting that, right? And how they got it and what how that played out. Mm-hmm. That would have been that would be smart, right? Like, I want that, but let me see how they did it. Let me see what they did well and what they did poorly. So let me do it better, right? Yeah. And unfortunately, we follow suit. 
we try to do what they did, I think. I would say that uh, for me, uh, it looks like Norway just slowly going from socialism to capitalism. That's my impression. I, I don't know if that's really true. And I definitely am not knowledgeable enough in everything that happens here to know that that's the truth. That's what we're doing. But like, that's my impression, you know. Just look at the news, right? Just look at TV programming, for example. It's right there on the wall, and most homes have one, right? And they spend a lot of time looking at it. And kids look at it, and everybody looks at it, and everybody, you know, and a lot of a lot of people unfortunately get their knowledge from that or from YouTube. But and that's a different discussion. But like, but looking at the difference in the way programming was done, okay, just the way the news is presented is more and more becoming similar and more and more similar to the way news is presented in the US. It's it's never quite as extreme because we're always at least 10 years behind. But we're trailing, right? We're trailing and you can see the and you can see the increase in violence and sex and you know all the like on in programming and and more and more dramatic and more, you know all these things. It means a lot. Just the difference now walking around Oslo, you know, you'll see five Ferraris driving around. Everybody's got a Tesla. Every you know like now the Kids are walking around with very, very pricey clothing. Why? Right? Why would you why would you put a 30,000 crown watch on a 16, 17-year-old kid or right? Why? Like what what are you teaching that kid? And like and, and more and more it's becoming this really focus on you're supposed to get rich and you're supposed to be beautiful and you have a very clear package for what is a successful, happy life. I see it in the forest. I love to hike. I love being in the woods. I never had to do this when I was a kid or when I was a teenager. But now I have to bring two extra plastic bags to pick up all the trash that people are throwing out there. You know, like if you don't go out there, you don't you don't notice that. You don't think about that. But that's a pretty big deal. Just the fact of like we I see a shift globally, like where we care less about each other and more about ourselves. I just do. It's a psychological thing, but it's like when you can live a life where you can do whatever you want at any given moment, like you can just do what you want to do for you. That it, it's not okay, right? It's okay to do for you as long as as long as you're also thinking about the whole, right? As long as you're thinking about your neighbor, as long as you care, as long as you have empathy for other people, and you consider, like, okay, I want to do this, and this is the result and consequence for me, okay? But You also have to think about, okay, that's great, and I'm going to do that. Okay, but before you do it, just think about what's the consequence for your neighbor, for example, or your coworker, or your friend who's coming with you on that trip, or your, you know what I mean? Just like, just that kind of, there's less and less of that. You can just see it in these, like, uh, these little scooters around town, right? They're super cool, right? You hop on them, you cool. But then, then comes the old lady, right, with her walker. She's going to the store and she can't and, uh, and she falls off the curb because people just like sh- same with the trash. They don't think about about each other like we're not in touch with how lucky we really are. OK, in, in this world. So we're losing through that process. I think we're losing some of our core values, which are some of the most beautiful parts about our culture. But do you think that that will maybe change or I, I have some hope? I think it's going to get worse. Uh-huh. Okay. No, I think it's going to get much I think do you want to know the truth? I think we're we're doomed. Humanity will not survive. That's what I believe. We're done. We've been done. We're way past the tipping point. It's going to be over with. Cockroaches are going to take over one day and it's going to be great. But <laughs> that's what I really believe. So, 
I don't think we're headed in a, in a good direction. I don't think I don't think I think that it is changing, but it's not changing for the better. We talk about our agreements and our goals and our for this and that and we're but like we we do whatever we want to do as long as it's increasing our margin. And that's that's the truth of it. You know, we talk about all these great and beautiful things we want to do, but when the when the decision making time comes, we're like, "Oh, that's going to cost me that much more. I'm going to lose that much money doing that." You know what? I'm going to wait until I have to. It looks good, right? Everything's looking good, right? We got shiny rims on our cars, but the oil's dripping out of the engine and the brakes are shot, but it's polished on the outside. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of the US. But here, we just follow after that. So like for example, the the food industry here. Why do you think it's the same thing in every freaking store? Because there's only two giant chains that own all of the grocery stores, right? Yeah. I think I think in closing like this is this is about different cultures. Culture is a history of interaction with a group of people, right? And so interaction and communication is really what culture comes out of, right? All the challenges that you go through, all the you know the survival, the food, the all these, you know, building and crushing and all these things that you do through centuries and centuries, right? Like and that's interesting. Before the differences have kind of been greater, I think. That's the upside of all this tech, right? It comes with challenges. It becomes harder to be like. When's the last time somebody spent some silence with themselves? That doesn't really happen too much anymore. The plus side is that you're actually seeing different faces, different thoughts, different cultures, people from different countries. You are seeing this now. Are they doing stuff of value? Not so much. I think for the most part, it's cat videos and bullshit. But we are. In contact, maybe that's gonna, maybe that can change. You know, maybe that can become something that where we actually do exchange more and more real information and real thoughts. And you know, when I was a kid, you know, the only way you could experience a different culture, a different country, was to go there, right? Like literally travel there. That's what you did. Even when I was talking to my mother in the U.S., like it was, or my father in Norway, or it was, you know, it was a telephone call, which cost, you know, $50 per second. Right. So you're just like, Oh, hi. Hello. Hi. I love you so much. I love you. Love you. Bye. Right. Like that's the way it was. Right. And he was like, okay, you ready? One, two, three. So now when we start actually communicating about real things, then as a tool, you know, our tech can be amazing as far as understanding each other culturally and, and being able to have, identities in, in more places and becoming more one, you know, like as a, as a, that's, that's a positive, like that's something I look at as a po- possibly positive progression, you know? And speaking of that, Mika, I dare you that uh, soon as possible, we should meet live with our, and to blend our friends in some kind of party and then to make environment for ourselves to be loud and to discuss and to confront. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, I would like that. And we can uh, just call our (laughs) listeners uh, to have an open, uh, if they want to comment on this episode or if they have any questions or any, if they want to have uh, quality discussions, please write on our Instagram or Facebook. Mika, thank you. Thank you very much. Say hello to Gladys. I will. And we can say that in case someone didn't hear the first season, that they should, because there's a Mika's wife, a Gladys episode uh, in the first season. And I think it could be interesting for listeners uh, to hear both stories or both episodes. And yeah, 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 true. And thank you again. Uh, yeah, it was fun. It was my pleasure. And I... I got to talk all the time, which is what I like to do. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Take care.
This episode was made possible with support from Bergis and Steve Telson and our members on Patreon. If you would like to support our podcast, search for Norwegian Newcomers on Patreon, Facebook or Instagram. We are back next Tuesday. Thank you for listening and take care.